Life is a roller coaster in itself. The knowns and the unknowns, the struggle, the joys and disappointments, the trauma, the loss, and all the moments in between that seem to come full circle. In the midst of the lives we live daily, oftentimes unexpected curveballs enter into our airspace. Those moments compiled affect us in the physical, immerse themselves within our mental, emotional, and spiritual beings. These moments are powerful and create a story, your story, a story where you can be empowered to thrive and not just survive. This is the Power of the Pea podcast. Welcome back to the Power of the P podcast. This is your host, Tiffany Cepeda, author and life coach. And I also have my husband here, Nelson Cepeda, life coach, entrepreneur, all the things. He really, truly can do anything. Um, And we hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. We took last week off and we were also away on vacation. We had a really good time. We try to rotate every year because... um, we stay in Florida where we live and go to the beach one year and then the following year we go to Tennessee. So we kind of flip-flop and so this year we got to go up north to the beach and it was actually pretty chilly for Florida. We loved it. We actually got to sit by the fire, which is so rare for our state. Yeah, you know, by the way, this is Nelson. <laughs> we did have a good time. And I hope everybody actually had a really good Thanksgiving. That's the time that we give thanks to our family members, our friends, just life in itself. You know, that that's really what it's about. Just giving thanks for where you've been, where you're going, what you want to do in the next year. That's when you start thinking about resolutions. You start thinking about Christmas. If you did all the things, you're looking forward to Black Friday and all that. But it's always a time to get away and say thank you and look and kind of like sit back. And and we did a lot of that. We did that at the at, you know, sitting by the fire we watched the kids, and uh, we just hope everybody had a blessed time. Yeah, and we did some mini golf. It was great, and yeah, it was fun, really fun. I don't like to cook. I am not a fan, and I've made it my mission to never cook a Thanksgiving dinner, meal, whatever you want to call it, and so far in my adult life, I have been successful, (laughs) so this is why we also go away and have someone else cook who loves to cook but um anyways all this to be said we are glad to be back and we are gonna kind of jump right in real quick and talk about this whole topic of setting the example kind of in all areas of your life or all stages regardless of your age um and just what that looks like I feel like we live in a culture that has been very interesting and it is continually metamorphosizing if that's the right word and I feel like we are always having to ebb and flow and keep up with not the trends but just what is out there what do we need to be aware of and uh, in fact I just came out with my book if you have not purchased it I'll put the link after the podcast it's available on Amazon Spotify Target and Walmart and it's called Raising Binary Kids in a Non-Binary World and it's a like a modern day biblically based parenting guide I don't think there's any parenting guide out there like this one and um, it really helps anybody in any season of life whether you are someone that influences children or whether you are someone that has kids that you're parenting and raising regardless of age I think it's a really great book that bridges the gap between 
families and their kids and this next generation. Really, my whole heart behind it is how can we raise a healthy generation in a world that seems to be bombarded with toxic narratives and habits and beliefs and um, all of the things. And so we're just going to kind of talk on this whole concept of setting the example. And, you know, that's this is it's funny that you mentioned that because setting the example was one of the things that we were being thankful for during Thanksgiving. You know, you sit down, you look into each other's eyes and all that. You see your significant other. We've had our past. Those of you who follow us, you know, we've had some things that weren't very good for us, so to speak, that we had to get away from. But setting the example is huge. And, and talking about your book and other things, but it's about setting the example as a parent, as a child, as a human being. The character of a person says so much. And that is really one of the things that I was thankful for, at least in Thanksgiving. And, and, I, and, I, and I told you this, honey. I was so thankful that she sets the example as an example of what a mother is, what a woman is, uh, what a wife should be, and how that looks to our children and to me as a husband. And, uh, and I want to do the same. I want to set the example as, as a provider or, or a father and a husband and all the things that we need to set the standard and set the example. And that's really what it's about. You know, what kind of example are you setting to the people around you? How do they see you? And sometimes really more so, here's, here's a question that might rub people the wrong way. How do you see yourself? You know, we're not trying to tell you you got to be perfect because you're not going to be perfect. But what kind of example are you showing to the people that are around you? Are they wanting to be close to you? Are they wanting to be away from you? Or or, or do you not even know? You know, I had, I had, and I, I didn't think I was going to say this, but I'm going to say it. I was coming home from work one night kind of late. And um, I, I I knew it was dark. And I knew it was going to run into rush hour traffic. And I was coming out to the on-ramp. And and I came home and I and I told my wife this and, I, and I'm coming out to the on ramp, and I'm I'm can't I can't wait to get home. But I see traffic coming behind me and I'm like, man, you know what? I gotta speed up because that's what you do when you're going on the on ramp. You speed up and you start going into traffic. But when I sped up, I happened to get in front of these two cars. But when I turned, I didn't see the road that the, I didn't have my GPS on, so I didn't know there was traffic. As soon as I got onto the highway, on a, a kind of a blind turn, well, I had to hit the brakes, obviously. So I hit the brakes, but the people behind me hit the brakes. And I guess the person behind me thought that I was cutting them off or doing whatever. And talk about set the example. This particular person started cursing me out because we finally all came to a halt because traffic was there. And yelling at me, cursing. Listen, I won't even tell you. And I was actually rolling the window down to apologize because I didn't want them to feel the certain way they were feeling. But then I noticed the next thing. Oh my goodness, this person is about to throw some liquids on my car. I'm like, this is crazy. I can't believe. And I know people get heightened, but talk about setting the example. This person was reacting to something that they didn't even know was very different than what they perceived it to be. And that's kind of like a, a segue to, hey, what kind of example are you setting so people can perceive you in a certain manner that maybe isn't the way that you want to be perceived in the first place? And what are you doing to make sure that that example that you're setting is based on your character. That's huge. There's difference between what you feel you should do and a difference between what you should do and what you have to do as a good judge in character. 
Yes, and I love that you talked about character because I think there, and we're not talking about, you know, caring about what people think necessarily because people are always going to have their own opinions and you can't control what other people think about you. But what we are talking about is not caring what people think when you know that you are living with your own character and integrity. And I think that's what I want to hone in on is when it comes to setting the example in any area of life, like you were just saying, you know, uh, out there on the road, there's other cars in the stop and go traffic that were honking and yelling at this person saying, hey, leave him alone, you know, stop harassing him. Um, And you have kids that are seeing this behavior. (laughs) And that's what I'm talking about is do we react by our feelings or are we more driven to react because of our character and our integrity regardless of how we're feeling? And I don't know if a lot of our society today and our culture really lives that way. You know, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that and and not to beat a dead horse on that topic, but you know, imagine if I was having a bad day. Imagine if 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 I was in the same frame of mind as that particular person and I go ahead and compromise my character and became just as as disrespectful, ignorant and hostile, who knows? Who knows? You know, and we hear about this all the time about people that that road rage. I mean, that, that's a real thing. Listen, I know that's a real thing. A lot more. I was like, wow, this person has no idea what kind of day I'm having, what happened, the circumstances, even if it was unintentionally or intentionally to stop. But wow, what if I, what if I was just irate? I just found out something horrible. I just lost my job, whatever. And, and I'm like waiting to just take it out on somebody. And this person comes out on me. That's what you hear about in the news all the time. So I had to put my character in check because I was like, you know what? My... A portion of me talk about, you know, I believe in God, my flesh. Guys, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I can tell you, I was like, what? You know? But at the at the end of it, I was like, okay, just look at the hands and make sure that there's nothing that's going to be violent, violent and, and challenging your life so that you can see Christmas. Because other than that, the liquid, you'll spray off when you get to the house and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I said that particular person, especially in that state of mind, is not worth me compromising my character just because of the way that I'm feeling. Because I'm obviously, it's very evident how they're feeling and they're compromising their character. If that's their character, now I know why I don't know that person. Yes, exactly. And I love that you said that. Um, you do not want to ever give somebody else the power to control or compromise your character. That is a choice. In fact, I actually just did this post uh, a couple weeks back. um, And it says, don't let words control you because then everyone else can control you. There is freedom in staying true to your character, knowing who you are rather than what others say or assume you are. And that is the definition of what we're talking about is living with your character, with your integrity, regardless of reacting or living and being driven by our feelings because of maybe people's assumptions or what other people may think or because like you're saying, maybe we're having a bad day or how we're thinking and feeling. You know, this is a lesson um, I was talking about on Instagram as well. 
Um, and if you don't follow us there, follow us there because we do lots of daily life and tips every single day. Um, and I'll put the handle at the end. But um, I was talking and sharing a little life lesson that I was learning this week with parenting. And this is something that I teach our kids every single day. I've done this since I had my first kiddo who's now seven and um, we have a two-year-old and he was just not having a great morning and really upset. And I'm like, hey, it's okay to have your feelings, but what's not okay is to react out on your feelings. And I was like, we need to talk about it. You need to talk to mommy and tell me how you feel instead of just lashing out or throwing a fit or a temper tantrum or whatever it may be. And some people may say, yeah, but that's typical two-year-olds, you know, twos and threes are like that. Yes. However, they don't learn until we set the example and show them and teach them and guide them on how to healthily manage how we feel and how we think and Um, And I think when we can learn these lessons and hone in these very practical life skills at such a young age, two, three, four, and five, these are the formative years before eight years old, that is when a child developmentally will actually take in all their belief systems and their choices and the things that they've learned, their habits emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, all of it. Um, and how they process and that actually becomes formed into like this mold of who they're going to actually become. And so, um, and the brain continues to develop, of course, all the way up to age 25. Some researchers are now saying up to age 30. Um, But these formative years are massive in learning self-control. And I just don't think that's talked about enough. And I don't think it's taught enough. It's something I cover, a concept I cover also in my book. But these practical steps that we can also apply ourselves as adults because we don't know what other kids are watching or what other adults are seeing. You know, I, I remember I had a mentor when I was growing up and she said, you never know where you're going to be and who you might run into. So always make sure that you are living true to the character of you. And I remember I walked in, I've never been in this office building before. I was in college at this time. I think my first or second year of college. And these, the, like her words just rang so true to me because I walked into this building for, to grab a paycheck for a friend who was sick. And she's like, hey, can you please walk in to my office and the front desk will give you my check. And I've already let them know. Um, you just have to sign for it. And I said, okay. So I've never been to this office building before. I go in and on my way out, I'm like, wait, I have to run in t- and use the restroom. So I go into the bathroom and lo and behold, there is a lady from my church <laughs> that walks right out of the stall as I am washing my hands. And I'm like, what? You know, like, I didn't even know that you were here. And it it just reminded me of that. Like, yeah, you don't know who you're going to run into, where you're going to run into people. And it's not about being on your best behavior. There's a difference between behavior and character. And I think that's what I want to hone in on. You know, that's that's such a huge thing because you know, most of us, we know that the worst decision that you can do is an emotional decision. Emotional decisions are driven by the very, let's talk about that word, emotions. There's an E in front of motion. You know what it stands for? It stands for energy. 
What kind of energy are you putting forward? What kind of energy are you having in motion? You know, you're either going to have positive energy or negative energy. And as corny as that sounds, that's exactly what an emotional choice is. How many times have you done something out of emotion and you're like, man, I shouldn't have purchased this. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done this because you were reacting on your emotion and it totally compromised your character. Those are the things that we're talking about. Don't make a decision on emotion. Because that's not something that's going to give you the best resolution to the problem at hand. You know, it, it brings me back to, and this is kind of crazy, but it brings me back to like the military or being a police officer. You know, you are challenged to test your emotions so that that way when you're faced with a life-threatening situation, you don't react emotionally. You react in a way that is more characteristic of looking at the problem assessing the situation and finding the solution to overcome it in the best way possible. Because if you're driven by emotion, there'd be a lot more people shot than there are. And, and nobody, nobody wants to talk about that, but that's the truth. When you are emotionally driven, even when you purchase something at a store, you purchase something, you're the, the salesperson got you hyped up, you get home, you're like, I don't really need this. Why? You made an emotional decision. Guys, that can be such a life-changing thing if you make the wrong decision based on your emotion. I have seen people's lives change because of that. I have seen people lose their life because of that. An emotional decision is not a rational decision. An emotional decision has totally gotten you away from your character. And it only takes one time to destroy your character. And that's what we're talking about. You know, speeding is speeding. But if you go speeding and the police officer comes to you to slow you down and you're going to get a ticket. But you know what? The same act can turn into something different. When you go emotional, you go forward and you keep speeding and you keep speeding. You know the cops behind you. You're trying to outrun him. You're doing the same thing. Now, you would think that if he stops me, I'm just speeding faster than I was. No, it's going to be a very different consequence. That if you were trying to leave the law when he was behind you, as opposed to he pulled you over when you were speeding, even though it still have the same act, you were speeding. But I guarantee you, if you didn't stop when those lights came on, you just totally got a different kind of fine. And that's what we're talking about in life. What are you doing in your life as a parent, as a significant other, as a person out in, in your work environment, in life? Are you driven by your emotions or are you checking yourself and making sure your character is in point? Yeah. And even when you're, I think, in um, compromising positions too, when you stay true to your character, I'm telling you, and it has been proven time and time again, your character and the choices that you make, those good choices that you know are the right choices, I guess is the best way to phrase that, will always, always save you. <laughs> even when you think it won't. Because good always wins. And um, as corny or cheesy as that sounds, it's really just the law of life. And um, I have a quick tip as well when it comes to learning and training your mind, because really it's all about learning how to master your mind. And this is what we specialize in with our life coaching firm is we help clients learn how to master their mind so they can master their business, meaning all areas, things that they, you know, have going on in their life that could be in their family life, their business of, you know, their parenting, business of relationships, their business of their career, whatever it may be, so they can ultimately master their life. And when you learn how to master your mind, 
truly control your own mind, have power over that, which we all do. I just don't think enough of us are trained how to do that. And that's a huge passion for Nelson and I. Then you can create a healthy life and ultimately create a healthy next generation and a healthy ripple effect. Because going back to what you're saying about emotions, those emotions create ripple effects. It's like, just like if I'm going up to a drive-thru and the person handing me my Starbucks drink is in a horrible mood, it can make me feel like, wow, why were they like that? You know, and it can put you into an almost bad mood and any, I mean, anything like that, just something so simple, like words, just like I said, letting words of others control you. Don't give them that kind of control. Hold on to your integrity, hold on to the true version of you instead of being driven by your emotion. And how to do that is learning how to control your mind. And uh, I know Nelson will probably expand a little bit more on this, but learning, because we talk about this, we teach our kids this too, but learning how to control your mind, meaning instead of living in the emotional state of being, the frontal lobe, we have several podcasts, I've talked a little bit on this in depth, which is what drives our feelings is when we live in the amygdala i'm sorry the amygdala not the frontal lobe when we live in our amygdala which is in a whole different lobe okay it's like towards the back of your brain versus when you live in the frontal lobe which is logic and reasoning okay you cannot be emotionally driven and be functioning in the frontal lobe the crazy thing is gratitude comes also in the frontal lobe which is what gives you peace it gives you clarity and you cannot feel depressed and anxious you cannot feel angry when you are operating in the frontal lobe you can't even feel stressed it is physically impossible for your brain to operate in two different lobes at the same exact time and so learning we have a couple practical tips we'll just you know pop them off on how to switch your brain from the amygdala which is the fight or flight, the emotional state of being. That's what allows us to feel frustrated or stressed or sad or depressed or anxious and angry and happy and all of these things in order to switch it to the frontal lobe. So you can actually be in a state of logic and reasoning, which Nelson just explained a perfect example of, okay, I had to assess the situation. He instantly, instead of being triggered and upset, how is this person behaving towards me? Why are they screaming and yelling these things at me, throwing these things at my car? he immediately switched himself into the frontal lobe so he could make a logical, rational choice. And I think this is something that is so necessary in relationships. I think this is something that's important to learn when we're raising our children. It is something to learn when you're dating. Marrying the wrong person will change your life. Trust me, Nelson, I know we've both been divorced before, um, other people. And getting the wrong job. I mean, taking a position with an employer that is just making your life miserable because you're on this emotionally driven, well, I have to have the paycheck, you know, Um, where you could know, okay, the, the paycheck is coming, but maybe if I logically thought through this process, another door would open up. And and this applies, I'm just throwing out different scenarios. This applies in all areas of life. But babe, if you could share, what are like just a couple quick tips that can help people switch from the amygdala, that emotional state to get them more into that logical state, which is where your character resides. Well, you know, there's there's a lot. We can do a whole different podcast on amygdala and frontal lobes and lobes. There's other lobes. But the two main ones that are that are making you have your choices, emotional or rational, yes, it's the frontal and of course your amygdala. Your amygdala is very familiar with two things, fight or flight. Um, you're either gonna be put in the corner, put your tail between your legs, so to speak, or you're gonna fight. 
And a lot of times that's our initial reaction to anything that we feel that's going to be detrimental to ourselves because we're scared or adrenaline is getting released, which that triggers all that stuff. A very quick tip would be if you know that you're feeling these things, but what your reaction could be instead of acting out on it because you know it's really not as what's the word? It's not as bad as not only does it seem like, in other words, that example, but you know the consequences of what will happen if you react in your emotion. So start doing math problems. I know that sounds crazy, but just start going 10 plus 4 is 14. 1 plus 1 is 2. 2 times 2 is 4. When you do that, you are switching. You are forcing your mind to go into the solution finder, which is your frontal lobe. Your frontal lobe is the one that looks at a problem and finds the solution. And that is huge because the solution just might be before a fight, walk away. That's the best scenario. Walk away. Is your life or is having to go to court or is losing your liberty worth that particular person's reaction making you react to the way that they're reacting? No, it's not. Look, we're not, you're probably wondering, why are we talking about this when the holidays are here? Listen, guys, we and Thanksgiving, we're talking about a lot. But unfortunately, do you know why this topic is very relevant right now? People are stressing out during the holidays. It's so crazy. They're, they're anxious about family members coming over. They're talking about what happened in last year's Thanksgiving, last year's Christmas, and can I do this and can I do that? And they're talking about Black Friday and they're talking about money. And they're talk- And listen, this, believe it or not, is supposed to be the most beautiful time of the year. Sometimes it's like the worst time of the year. Why? People are emotionally driven. They're emotionally driven on so many apps. I can't get this. This person's coming over. I, did you get this? And it's like, guys, stop. It is family. It is people you know. And even if you grew up with them and had bad experiences, that is not today. Don't be ran by your emotions. Be practical. Become the character that you are, which is a brother, a sister, a father, a mother. All these things that we have different titles of. But at the end of the day, keep your cool. Because it is Christmas. It is the holiday season. You are a father. You're still alive. You're breathing. You can see. You can hear. These corny things that we take for granted every single day are the most important things we have. Yes. And I love, love that you mentioned the holidays because it also can be a really hard time for people who have experienced loss. Maybe the family dynamic is really difficult. It can be stressful. Sometimes it can be really triggering. Um, And I just, I know that holidays aren't always super fun for everyone. In fact, growing up, I didn't like the holidays often. It wasn't until I had my own family and was able to make my own traditions, which is why we, that's one of our traditions. It's like to go away on Thanksgiving and, um, and make fun memories and be outside of the stress of the hosting and, you know, the, the family drama or having to set up and, and clean up and, and all of these things, right? Um, and like I said, to each his own. But I think it's so important to learn how to have a healthy brain. Why? Why is this so important to us? And it should be to many of you. One, for us is because that's the way God ultimately designed all of us is to have a healthy, fresh brain. But it wasn't until if you read back all the way through Genesis when sin entered the world that our bodies and our brains have changed. And it even says we saw things we weren't supposed to see. A whole, our whole worldview shifted in that instant moment. And so learning, it's a discipline. 
which discipline isn't always enjoyable, like Paul talks about, while it's happening, but it's so worth it. There's such a huge reward at the end. And it's a discipline to have to train your mind. It doesn't come natural anymore. It doesn't feel good all of the time. It feels like you have to deny how you're feeling sometimes and in order to make healthier choices, more logical choices that can really benefit you and your family and your future and your career and the ripple effect that it may have on other people around you or strangers that don't even know you that you interact with every day and so I just if you have a chance I would highly recommend reading Titus it's a super short book in the Bible. Um, it's only three books Titus 1, 2, and 3 um, but if you read Titus chapter 1 and there's so much here, so much good stuff that really talks about the character. What what type of character should you have in your home? What kind of character should you have as a leader? And I believe we're all leaders because we're all leading other people into some sort of direction based upon our actions, our words, our behaviors, and that ripple effect that it gives off to other people around us. And I'll just read a couple things. It says, he must be faithful to his wife and his children, must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. Um, they must be a manager of God's household. They must live a blameless life. You must not be arrogant, quick-tempered. You must not be a heavy drinker, violent, dishonest with money. Enjoy having guests in his home. He must love what is good, must live wisely and be just, must also live a devout and disciplined life, must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message he was taught, meaning the gospel in Jesus Christ. And he will also be able to encourage other people with wholesome teaching. Um, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And it says to ev- everything that is Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and their consciences are corrupted. And um, this guy, I kind of want to talk about this last part for a minute. Sometimes our character or our choices that we, we make can be perceived negative, even though we know they're true and they're good, can be perceived negative or bad to other people. Why? Because their minds might not be in the same spot that you are. It talks about that. Sometimes their mind may be unbelieving. It, it, their conscience may be corrupted. So what is good to them is not going to be good to you. And you know that's not good. And so you just let them go. You know, there's freedom of choice. Let other people make their own choices, but make your choice to live true to the character that you were given and that you know you should have. And so... Um, There's just so many examples, I guess is my point, in scripture of what character really means and what that practically looks like that we can strive towards. No one is perfect. We are not perfect. But to be constantly working towards that type of character, that type of example, and it says why? Because it will encourage other people. And so um, having a healthy brain, having will give you a healthy life. It will create a healthy ripple effect and give a healthy impact, not just to the people that you're investing in now, whether that's your family, your friends, your coworkers, strangers that you interact with at the grocery store or running errands throughout the day, but also the next generation of people that are coming up that are watching you out there. That may not be your kid because people are always watching. In fact, that's one of our favorite things to do sometimes is people watch when we're sitting yeah. and having dinner out and about because people can be so fascinating, right? But I always remind myself there's little kids too out there that are looking up to us as adults in this generation today. And not everything is beneficial, even though a lot of things are acceptable today. 
You know, that that's, that brings me to this little weird poem that I read recently. And, and you know what? I, I need to find it. And, and let me find it. I, I have to read this. And, and you'll you'll understand once I read it what I mean. And um, hold on one second while I read it. And, and let me tell you what it means, the gist of it. It's all about life and, and life's things and choices that we do. And, um, and here it is. And, and let me read it. A wise person once said, what surprises me most about humankind is that we get bored of our childhood. We rush to grow up and long to be children again. That we lose our health to make money and then lose our money to restore our health. That by thinking anxiously about the future, we forget the present, such that we live neither the present nor the future. That we live as if we were never going to die and then die as though we've never lived. Man. You know, when I read that, that hit me. Talk about emotional decisions, your character in life. There are people that you meet that you know you can count on. And the holiday season, you bring people together, some that you do want, some that you don't want. But like for me, I, I don't I don't have, I have like two people that I can tell you, one being in the state, one being out of state, that they've seen me emotional. <laughs> they've seen me and I've seen them emotional. And the one thing I can count on is because of their character and because of who they are, they didn't lead me into that emotional havoc. They led me by their character and say, hey, listen, you don't want to do that, man. You want to do this. Get your head on straight. Come on. And I can rely on that person because you know what? When I do become emotionally driven, they bring me back on point and vice versa. And that's what life's about. Keeping your character in point, not being driven by emotion. Listen, I am not telling you that, and I'm sure my wife can attest, that we never get upset, that we never, no, we do. But the example that we show our children on how we resolve the problems that come in life, the examples that we chose that we chose at that moment is actually teaching them how they should relate to in things in the future. So if you don't have a good character at home, that's going to be reflected when they go out. So what you do within will show without. And I don't mean without, like not having. I show without when you go out in the world. Your character is all you have. More than your money, more than your materialistic things, more than anything in this life is your character. What are you doing to make sure that that's the mark you leave? And I'm not trying to be like negative. I'm trying to be positive here. We're all human beings. Let's be humans. There's enough going on in this world. Another year's about to end. You know, there's a lot of emotions involved because another year's about to start. You know, 2024, I told my wife, 2024, here come the doors. The doors that are going to be open in my belief that God's going to open up for us to get to another level. Every year should be an increase. Every year in your book of life is a different chapter that has been finished and that is beginning. Work on your character to be better tomorrow than you are right now and than you were yesterday. You do that a little bit at a time, you will see. And now I know why they say the older you get, the less you care about what other people think. Is because at the end of the day, it's about your character. What do you stand for? You're not doing things for others. You're living in the midst of others. But the character that you portray, which is all you have, that's what it's about. And I appreciate those two individuals in my life. Listen, I, I can call on that person at any time. And I know that if I have an emotional havoc, they're going to be like, hey, snap out of it. And they'll put me back in line. Why? Because I can trust their character and they can trust on mine. And I appreciate that. And that's one of the things we talked about in Thanksgiving. Yes. And speaking of character, so funny story. So we talk to our kids a lot about 
you know, what healthy attitudes are and healthy communication and all of these things, right? And so they know that they can have their feelings, but they, you know, have to go about it. We teach them how to go about it in a healthy manner and communicate. Communication is so key. I think that is a big lack in our society today on how to communicate healthily. And so it's so funny because um, anytime, anytime we watch a movie and they see that somebody is yelling at somebody else or like getting upset (laughs) and like um, uh, even in a cartoon with somebody else, they will look at me and like, mommy, they need to go sit in timeout. That is not very nice. And it just cracks me up because I'm like, okay, they're, they're learning. Like they're, they're pointing out and figuring out what is healthy behavior and what is unhealthy behavior. And how do we go about this versus not going about it? And, um, it goes all the way back to what we're talking about. It's just the character and self-control, but see self-control begins in the brain. It begins in the mind. Um, your mind will control your emotions if you let it. And, uh, something that I tell my oldest all the time, because he can understand a little bit more now is the one thing that you have the power to control that no one can take away from you is your mind. That's it. That's it. And when you have mastered your mind, you're going to master every area of your life to include your character, who you are and how you react and what you choose to do. And that level of self-control that is all done through the mind. And so I hope this podcast encourages you. We just wanted to share a few little tips as we go into the holiday season. And we can all be faced with different stressors in our life because life is not always, you know, a yellow brick road, rainbows and unicorns. Uh, and, and life is real. And we've been through a lot of really hard things in life. And these are some very big, profound lessons we've learned. And we really do our best to pass on to not just our kids, but other people to include our clients and the next generation coming up. So we will talk soon and see you next Saturday. Enjoy your weekend. Happy holidays, everybody.